Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 104.6 and 1 podcast, episode 16. I'm going to start it off rolling today because I know that uh, last episode was just shy under two hours. So I'll try to make it a little quick for everybody. So as you know, the week two, should I say week two in the NFL is about to wrap up tonight with the Saints and Raiders game. I'd like to just go over a few games that I found most interesting and, you know, talk about whatever happened yesterday, man, because I I don't really have words. Yesterday was injury central. For those of you that are unaware I think there was a total of like 50-something total injuries yesterday. Uh, I want to say eight ACL tears, a couple of Achilles tendon tears, and God knows what else. But let's just dive right into it. So yesterday, last week, excuse me, the NFL Week 2 started off with the Browns and Bengals game. Very, very, very impressed with Joe Burrow. Cincinnati's going to need to get some offensive line depth because I think that Joe is disgusting. I think Joe has a lot of upside. I really do think so. Looking at this box score, I mean, like, the, the kid through 61 total passes for 316 yards and three touchdowns. Mind you, he was sacked for 31 yards three times, or should I say he was sacked three times for a total of 31 yards, but the man still had a QBR rating of 76.6 and a completion percentage well over 50. I think that the kids slept on and disrespected because he's on such a bad team, and I mean, if you really look at it, A.J. Green's been a shell of himself the last two years. Tyler Boyd is the one that's kind of carrying the team, so let's be completely honest, they are pretty bad, and they also just lost CJ Uzma, Uzma, however you pronounce it, for the season with a torn Achilles. Again, just adding to the total people that were hurt yesterday alone. Um, the Browns did come out with the W, though. Odell Beckham, thankfully, have him in fantasy. Went out for four receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt averaged, or should I say combined, for almost 200 yards rushing. So... Cleveland looks pretty solid when healthy. Cleveland is a, oh, should I say, actually they were at a total over 200. So the ground and pound is going to be where Cleveland needs to go going forward to win games. If the defense is letting up 30 points to the Bengals, yes, I know I just said Joe Burrow is good, but the team as a whole is not very good. So if Cleveland's letting up that many points to an 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals team, they're going to need to go back and reevaluate at the drawing board. Obviously, Olivier Vernon didn't play, and a couple of their other stars were injured, but... Cleveland is 1-1 one one at the end of the day. Going into Sunday, the Vikings lost to my Colts 18, excuse me, 11-28. to 28. I don't know why I'm having so many fumbling of the words to start the episode. I've been excited to make this episode since, since last night. <laughs> I don't know, I was just, you know, 
really, really pumped up and uh, coming back to the mic and really getting it done, just doing what I love to do. But the Colts ended up coming out on top. Unfortunately, I did underestimate them. I did pick the Vikings to win, as well as a lot of other people. Uh, we came out of nowhere, and we just shocked the world. I mean, you name it, we did it. We executed on offense. Jonathan Taylor really killed it for us, 106 yards and a touchdown. Um, T.Y. Hilton, once again, pretty much a disappearing act, a non-factor. I think he dropped a touchdown in the end zone. According to Reach and according to T.Y. and Phillip, the sun with our dome got in his eyes. We do play with it half open, so it is bright as all hell so looking up for that ball is pretty hard to catch so I mean I'll give it to him he has dropped a couple of passes in the last two weeks but cut the man some slack he is working with a lot of a lot of problems unfortunately the Colts did lose uh, Malik Hooker for the year with a torn Achilles we did lose Paris Campbell for an indefinite amount of time with a strained PCL Uh, for those of you that are unaware that is the ligament directly behind your kneecap so we don't know when he's coming back uh, Jack Doyle didn't play, but he's coming back next week. Hopefully, Trey Burton is hopefully coming back within the next two to three weeks. So, I mean, we, uh, we're definitely missing some bodies, but on the bright side, uh, Julian Blackman, or should I say Justin Blackman from Utah, he did play a couple of snaps. He is on a limited snap basis since he tore his ACL last year as well in college. So we are using him sparingly. Kiari Willis played great for us. Our secondary, again, Rocky Yassin was a, a late scratch with a stomach bug. He had to get taken to the hospital. They don't believe it's anything serious. So he is good to go for next week as well, I would hope. Uh, going right into the Rams and the Eagles game, it's hard to talk about the Eagles as they are slowly and quickly becoming my second favorite team because of my girlfriend's family. But they... I don't know what's going on. Carson Wentz does not look like himself. I heavily, heavily, heavily think they need to ride this out with him because if you go out there and you throw Jalen Hurts in within less than a month of the season, I think you're going to cause the locker room to be divided and and go into a hysteria. You have too much money guaranteed and tied up into Carson to, uh, to give up and throw in the towel like this. I mean, the offensive line is hurt. Miles Sanders, first week back. I mean, the receivers, there's not much depth there. Uh, you're putting everything on Goddard and Ertz to really do it all. I mean, the defense is exhausted from being on the field so long. So, I mean, you, you just there's a lot of things that lead up to their struggles. There's a lot of factors that, that show why they're struggling. But, I mean, it starts with Carson. I know a lot of people don't like to blame the uh, the quarterback, or should I say a lot of people do like to blame the quarterback. In most cases, they can't always be justified. But, I mean, Carson is just he's just missing targets. I mean, I watched two or three throws where, I mean, like the receiver was wide open. He didn't need to force a throw. He didn't need to throw him open. He didn't need to put the ball in a place where only his receiver can get it. He genuinely was just missing, and I do not know why. So he's got to get that figured out. Uh, Their offense is stagnant without him playing successfully, obviously. And again, like I said, with that offense not rolling and being consistently on the field, the defense, like anything else, is just going to get worn down. Going into the Giants and the Bears game, I didn't watch it too intensively, but I do know for a fact that Saquon Barkley did in fact tear his ACL and he is out for the season. Uh, shout out to Saquon. Hope you guys, I, I hope everybody gets better, but I mean, Saquon coming from the Bronx and whatnot, we all want to see him succeed. The hometown team, it just, it happens. I mean, the injury bug really did just crack everybody in the NFL yesterday. And it's just a shame to see one of the uh, up and coming bright talents go out unfortunately the way that it happened uh according to my source via santino uh saquon was hurt about a player two before tearing his acl and he he didn't go into the tent i believe he came out for a player two and then went right back in and that literal next play saquon tore that acl so i mean like 
we got to remember that these players are human beings too. And yes, there's a lot of money invested in these human beings, but they have physical limbs that apparently can tear just as easily as mine or yours can. So uh, we got to be very careful out there for the rest of the season. I mean, if people are out here going to get hurt this often and this this quickly, we, we're we going to need to get everything checked out. It's it's really scary. Uh, the Bears, surprisingly enough, 2-0. and I mean, Mitchell Trubisky has, I believe, five touchdowns on the season. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I thought Nick Foles was going to start by next week because he is just I thought that he was just a better quarterback, but I mean, Montgomery went out there, he tore it up and he got that bears that squeak by victory. Even without Saquon, the giants almost came close to coming back. And, uh, that final score was 17 to 13. Oh, sorry. The Eagles game, the Rams won 37 to 19. I know I didn't mention a lot about the Rams, but they're two and oh, they have Aaron Donald and Sean McVay is just a genius offensively. That, that team is just rolling. Uh, I don't think that they go far, but I do think that they make the playoffs because that is just a very, very, very talented team, and it looks like the NFC West is going to be the strongest division in football once again this season. Uh, Going into the most disappointing game of the season, or should I say the week, the Cowboys and Falcons game. The Falcons were up 20 to nothing at one point, and the Cowboys came back to win 40 to 39. Yes, that's what that's that's correct. You heard that right. 40 to fucking 39. The Falcons could not capitalize. Dak Prescott had arguably the game of his career with 450 yards passing and three rushing touchdowns, a total of four touchdowns. Um, Matt Ryan, I believe, also had three or four touchdowns, but it just it came down to the point where Atlanta just could not capitalize. They could not close the deal, and it just seems, unfortunately, that they are that team in, in, in the NFL that blows leads left and right, and it is it's pretty sad. They were winning handedly when we were watching at my girlfriend's family's house, and it just every single time Atlanta scored, it was like, oh, man, this game is done. Now I know going forward, any Atlanta Falcons game, even if they're up 40, I will not rule the other team out, even if it is the Cleveland Browns. We have the Lions and the Packers. Uh, the Lions came out hot, scoring a quick 14 points in the first quarter, and the Packers were down 14 to, I believe, 3. The Packers then found a way to blow them out, 42-21, to 21, but without... With that coming at a price, Devontae Adams did leave that game injured as well. So that is a uh, that's a big blow to that offense. Obviously, Devontae being one of the best receivers in football and him having the, the season that he was having after that week one abolishment of a game against the Vikings. I mean, we all thought Devontae Adams was going to come out there and, and tear it up, especially against that week's uh, Lions secondary, and he ended up getting hurt in the third quarter, I believe. But the Packers ended up pulling away with Aaron Jones coming out there and having over 200 yards in total offense and three touchdowns. The Jacksonville Jaguars, this is another surprising game. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans ended up being a final score of 33-30 to in favor of the Titans. That was a freaking shootout that I just did not see coming. I mean, like, again, another game I just did not watch, but I'm just I'm looking here and this man, Gardner Minshew, man, 339, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and then Ryan Tannehill went out there and had a damn near perfect game with 18 total completions out of 24, 239 yards, and four touchdowns. The man was hooping. Uh, Derrick Henry had 84 yards on 25 carries with no touchdowns, so they really stacked that box and made Ryan beat them, and that he did. Ryan Tannehill went out there and led the way. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are apparently going in and handing their their load over to the rookie James Robinson out of Illinois State. He ended up having 102 yards and a touchdown. Thankfully, I picked him up in fantasy. And then we had Shark Jr. He went out for 84 yards. But 
Overall, Jacksonville is not as bad as we all thought they were going to be. We all thought they were going to end up tanking with them trading away all of their assets, but they're fighting. They're out there and they're fighting. The Bills and the Dolphins game, once again, another shocker. Um, Josh Allen is having himself a damn year. He had 417 yards and four touchdowns, and Miami ended up losing that game 31-28. to uh, Stephon Diggs went off and torched that entire defense for uh, 153 yards and a touchdown. John Brown also had his 82 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the run game couldn't really get it going. Singletary only had 56 yards and Moss had 37. Uh, the Dolphins, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play terrible. He had 328 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Dolphins running game also, it just it was a very pass-heavy game. But again, the Miami Dolphins tight end, uh, Gasecki out here with 130 yards and a touchdown. That man is, for whatever reason, just the favorite target of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if you don't have him in fantasy, pick him up. And if you do have him, consider trading him or, you know, hold on to that man. I don't know. That's another player that's just out there in the in the world that is shocking a lot of people. Uh, the, the Dolphins, however, did lose... Uh, Byron Jones to another injury. I believe he was walking into that game with an, uh, nursing an Achilles injury, but he ended up leaving with a groin injury. So we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on the podcast with that one next week. Going into this 49ers and Jets game, unfortunately, uh, I feel bad for my uncle as he has been a San Francisco 49ers fan since the 70s, and they lost the most out of everybody. I mean, I can just think of five players. Nick Bosa just recently confirmed to have tore his ACL Solomon Hill likely to have torn his ACL Jimmy Garoppolo left that game with a high ankle sprain Robert Mozart left that game with a knee injury Tevin Coleman left that game with a knee injury so I mean you name it they they lost a lot and they are going to struggle and I would say struggle heavily especially because they are the weakest link out of that entire division with Seattle, Arizona, and St. Louis, or should I say LA being on the tears that they are, each team 2-0 and in San Francisco, I believe is also 2-0 and now that, I th- oh no, they're 1-1, and but good God, that, that game ended up being 31-13 against the New York Jets, the Jets, abomination of a football team, Le'Veon Bell's on IR, I mean, they're, anyway, going to the next game, <laughs> I'm not getting into that, Adam Gase doesn't deserve a job. Uh, the Broncos versus the Steelers. The Steelers won that game 26-21. Uh, Drew Locke, an, another unfortunate injury. He hurt his rotator cuff or labrum, one of those two, so he'll be out two to six weeks, according to his head coach. So Jeff Driscoll will be starting the remainder of that segment of time or that frame of time, whatever, that window of opportunity. Uh, and then, obviously, again, another injury, thank Jesus Christ, Cortland Sutton, he tore his ACL. Jerry Judy was already hurt in that game. So, I mean, the Broncos are not looking too good. Obviously, Von Miller missed the season with a torn ligament in his ankle. He had that surgery already. And we're just, I don't even know, man. It's like it gives me goosebumps knowing that I play sports and knowing how much I love football to know that all of these injuries happened. Most of these games were the 1 o'clock games, and these injuries just piled on top of another like legitimately we were watching the game in my girl's family's house and it was I can't even explain to you it was breaking news here breaking news here the bottom of the scoreboard here this person leaves the game with this injury this person leaves or carts off the field with this injury it was almost like I don't know I felt like we were in a dream almost because it was like there's no way like all of these people really got hurt in this game or in these games I can't really grasp the entire integrity of that, but, or should I say the entire, 
once again, as per usual, I have a, a brain fart every every episode, so this is going to be the one. I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. The Tampa Bay Panthers game ended up going where that went, and Tampa handedly won that game 31-17. The score doesn't reflect it, but the Buccaneers just completely outplayed the Carolina Panthers. Again, another injury. Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain, so he's expected to be out at least a month. So four to six weeks, they're expecting him to be out. Tom Brady showed out, and he went and did his thing. As I said last episode, it's just a matter of time for that team to kind of mesh and mold together. The stat line didn't really reflect it. Tom had 217 for a touchdown and a pick, no sacks. Fournette went out there and carried the team with 103 yards. Mike Evans got that man in fantasy. He went out there for seven receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. He had a 50-yard freaking bomb that, uh, that helped me come back from behind and I'm still down I believe in that league but I'm only down like oh no I actually came back and won so I'm good to go on that uh Teddy Bridgewater I give this man a lot of kudos he's bounced around a couple of years but I mean he's finally healthy and he's going out there and doing his thing unfortunately he only had he had no touchdowns he had two interceptions he was sacked five times but he did have 367 yards trying to bring that team back CMC he only had 59 yards, but he did have two touchdowns before he left the game, and he was doing his thing, trying to crawl them back into that game. So, unfortunately, they went out and they lost their best player. Going into the Cardinals and Washington game, uh, I'd like to say this for the audience and for everybody that does, is not aware. I believe Kyler Murray may or may not be in the running for MVP. I don't know. The kid is just out of fucking control. He is leading that team with all of that veteran leadership. I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald. You have Patrick Peterson on the other side of the ball. You just have so many veteran pieces. And this 23, 24-year-old kid is just, he's just showing out. I mean, the Cardinals just look electric. They're fun to watch. I also have <laughs> Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake on my fantasy team, but it is it is fun to watch the uh, the Arizona Cardinals just because Kyler Murray is literally a walking show. He's just electrifying. He is incredible. He went out there and he had 286 with a touchdown in the air and then on the ground. That man had 67 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So he needs to keep it up because I want to win some money. But, I mean, Kyler Murray's out there showing out. Um, the Washington football team only had 15. Like I said, that was a 30-15 to 15 game. Uh, Dwayne Haskins had 223 and a touchdown, no interceptions. And, you know, they're just, they're finding their stride. McLaurin is obviously the bona fide number one. He had 125 and a touchdown. So Washington is also figuring out their identity, doing what they can do to stay afloat in that terrible NFC East of a division. Chiefs Chargers, uh, Tyrod Taylor was an early game scratch with a chest injury. So Herbert got that start, the rookie out of Oregon. They took that game to the wire in OT. The Chiefs ended up scraping that out 23 to 20. And that brings along the stat fact of the day. The Chiefs are 6-0 and when they fall behind 10-plus points with Mahomes under center in the last two years. That's insane. Anytime that the Chiefs are down, they are literally never out. That offense is too electric. It's too much firepower going there. I do know that the Chiefs were down early on, but Pat did will them back. And, I mean, this man had 302, two touchdowns, no sacks, and he had 54 rushing yards. Uh, Hilaire Edwards ended up only having 38 yards. They really were dominant on the run, trying to make sure that Pat did beat them. And, boy, did he. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Cheetah had 99 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 90 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I believe Sammy Watkins also got knocked out of that game. So, I mean... It looked like a concussion. I don't know. He got laced in, in one play right before the overtime period. So I, uh, good God, I, I, I don't know, man. That was a, <laughs> that was a pretty hard lick. 
Uh, Ravens, Texans, just like I predicted. I mean, like, the Texans are just an abomination of a football team. I feel bad because one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player to watch, and Deshaun Watson signed that lucrative extension, and he is stuck with that dumpster fire of an organization. They probably have the worst line in football. I would say that the Cincinnati Bengals might have a better one because every time I watch that game, Deshaun has to scramble. Deshaun has to get himself off, off the ground, or he's just getting annihilated. I mean... The guy ended up still having 275, a touchdown, but he was sacked four times. Uh, was this David Johnson? He had 34 yards, so they couldn't get anything going on the on the ground. Brandon Cooks, 95 yards. Randall Cobb, 59. It just, I don't know, man. I feel bad for him, but you know, better for the Colts. So it is what it is. Lamar Jackson and MVP form didn't really have to do too much. He had 204 yards and a touchdown, but he did have 54 on the ground. Uh, Mark Ingram also had 55 yards on the ground, and so did Gus Edwards at 73. So their run game, of course, is firing on all cylinders. So they won that game handily, 33-16. to And, of course, leading up to it, the final game of the evening, which I thought was probably the best game of the week, with the Seahawks beating the Patriots 35-30. to That went all the way down to the literal final second of the game, which leads me to my next topic of Russell Wilson leading the way in front of Kyler Murray for MVP because this man is the absolute epitome of disgusting this man is gross because he really went out there and he handed the Patriots an ass whooping the Seahawks defense however made Cam Newton look like a star Cam is still a stud Cam can still do what he needs to do but I'll get to him in a second Russell Wilson went out there and was only threw two and excuse me he only threw seven incomplete passes he had 288 yards five touchdown passes each touchdown pass was to a different receiver. Metcalf had 92 in a touchdown. Lockett had 67 in a touchdown. Moore had 48 in a touchdown. Chris Carson had a touchdown reception with 36 yards. And Freddie Swain had a touchdown reception for 21 yards. This man knows how to dish it out. He knows how to share the football. He really just knows how to get the football out quick and effectively. And at the same time, this man obviously knows how to freaking scramble. 39 yards on the ground. And that interception that he threw off the hands of Greg Olson technically shouldn't even be his fault. So he should have a perfect passer rating damn near. Again, uh, Cam Newton, not to be discredited, also had an amazing, incredible, phenomenal game with 397 yards and one touchdown, 47 rushing yards and two rushing TDs. So definitely... Definitely a guy we need to watch out for as comeback player of the year, if not most improved player, because or, or something like that, because this man was discredited and unemployed for 86 nights to get paid the bare minimum of like a million dollars with some incentives to make that more over the course of the season. But he's 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 a man on a mission to prove something to all the teams that passed him up and said, we don't need you or that you're washed up or that you can't handle it. So, I mean, that is just... I, I can't understand that. I mean, I really don't understand. But I'm just going to touch on, on some other injuries that I must have missed. Uh, like I had stated, um, starting from the top, an article from ESPN. I already said Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley. We have Christian McCaffrey. We have Drew Locke. Like I said, that's a sprained, sprained AC joint in the shoulder. Sutton, I said Garoppolo. We have Devontae. Uh, Tavon Young, the corner for the Baltimore Ravens. He has a neck and Excuse me, he has... Wow, a season-ending knee injury. Ouch. Uh, I don't see anything here that states whether it's an ACL or whatnot, but he's out for the year. Malik Hooker, I said. Brandon Sheriff, the guard of the Washington football team, he left the game 
with a knee injury. Byron Jones, like I said, groin. Uh, actually, it shows here. Yeah, Brandon Sheriff left with the knee. And then, yeah, Trayvon Young had the knee. Byron Jones, like I said, groined. Oh, Mozart, he had a sprained MCL. Tyrod Taylor with the chest injury. Uh, the all-pro uh, Pro Bowl linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, Anthony Barr, he tore his pectoral muscle. He is also out for the season. Um, going down the line, we're just going to continue. Uh, Caleb McGarry, I believe he suffered a sprained MCL, which they thought to believe was a lot worse, and they said that it wasn't, so he will not miss the season. Bruce Irving, the defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks, tore his ACL. And, I mean, oh, my God, Will Fuller's on this list, too, with a hamstring injury. He pulls his hamstring every single year. I am just going to go out there and say it. Any receiver that runs under a 4-5 is tearing a hamstring or pulling a hammy at least once a season. It is just ridiculous. The human body is not meant to go that fast with that amount of weight and contact that has to go to the body. But Will Fuller, man, you and Deshaun Jackson should be best friends because so help me God, you guys are legitimately always, always hurt with some hamstrings. But that's the injury report. That's my recap on the season. Uh, we have a long way to go, thankfully. Another beautiful 14 to 15 weeks of just the regular season. And we'll uh, we'll see what happens with the postseason. Thankfully, no positive COVID tests in two full weeks of the NFL season. So that excites me. That leads me to believe that there is a lot of success coming, other than these injuries, of course. But the season is looking good. So speaking of good season, like I spoke last week with Dawson, the Yankees ended up going on a 10-fucking-game win streak. And not just your average, everyday win streak. The Yankees broke a record and hit 17 home runs in three games. That's an MLB record, right? So I'm not going to get into the lower-scoring games. Specifically, I'm going to get into these games against the, the Toronto Blue Jays. Friday, or should I say, excuse me, Tuesday, after the episode posted, or should I say Tuesday, which is the day I recorded the episode, the Yankees won that game 20-6. to the next game, the next game on Wednesday, thirteen to two. The next game, ten to seven. It was ten to two in the ninth, and our bullpen almost fucking blew that goddamn game. So that ended with ten to seven. The next game we went on Friday against the Red Sox. We won in extras. We had no business winning that game, but Gary Sanchez ended up tying the game in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and hit a bomb shot over the Green Monster that doesn't defend. That he's still a piece of dog shit and he sucks. Uh, he's still batting under 160 for the season, so I'm just you know just throwing that out there. Then the Yankees won the next game 8-0. to We ended up losing yesterday 10-2, but it didn't matter because the Yankees clinched a berth in the postseason. And we're currently playing right now. But the Yankees won on an absolute fucking tear. Everybody was hitting bombs. Everybody it was literally a home run for you, home run for you. Everybody's hitting fucking home runs. Kyle, uh, Kyle Higashioka, our backup catcher, had a three-run home game against the Blue Jays. That was fun to watch. I mean, like DJ LeMahieu, he has four home runs in the week. I mean, you you name it. Luke Voigt is leading the MLB with 21 home runs, or should I say 20. Uh, and that, that man's on a fucking historical tear as well. We have two leading AL MVP candidates in DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voigt. I mean, the, the, the starting rotation is looking pretty solid. Uh, everyone's, you know, J.A. Happ ended up throwing a gem in Boston. He had eight innings pitched, eight strikeouts, four hits allowed, no earned runs. I mean, you name it. Everybody's doing their job. Everybody's finally waking up. The season looks good in terms of health-wise. We got Aaron Judge coming. He, Aaron Judge came back the next day after I had the episode with Dawson. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton ended up playing that game that I spoke last week with Dawson as well. And, you know, Stanton's looking good. He was a triple away from the cycle against Boston. He was just 
he not Boston was it Boston I don't remember he it was one of the games whether that was Toronto or Boston but he he's fucking he's finding his stride uh Clint Frazier's roping everybody I, I can't even begin to express enough how good this Yankees team looks right this second yes a 10 game win streak doesn't transcend into postseason success but it's like I always say no matter what the sport is the hottest team going into the postseason typically has the most success at least I would like to believe so because they're already on a tear, so why not just continue it, you know? It's really the, the biggest concern is the bullpen. Uh, our starting rotation, for the most part, like I said, is solid. We go pretty deep into games as of late, and I mean, like, if, if they don't, it's because we're, we're monitoring or we have a double header, or, you know, we're, we're making sure that that person doesn't get too tired for the upcoming rest of the games or the rest of the season. So, I mean... The Yankees are monitoring and, and controlling what they can control as best as possible, but it's that bullpen normally, which is our strongest part of our pitching, is is really struggling. There are a lot of times where our, our starters will go pretty deep, and our bullpen almost blows that game blows blows the games, like that Toronto game on Thursday night. Like I said, we were up ten two into the ninth, and then Toronto kind of found a way to sneak its way back. We had to put Chapman in, and actually he got the. Excuse me, talking too damn fast. He ended up getting the save because it was a game within a three-run difference. And he had to go out there, and he damn almost loaded the bases with two freaking people out. Or should I say two men on base. Excuse me, got to drink some water. Tend to get parched when you talk so fast, you know. Doing what I do. I talk a little too fast, but I do love what I do, so don't let that be mistaken. But, I mean, like I said last week with Dawson, the AL is quite open. Like I said, White Sox still doing their thing. The Athletics still doing their thing. Um, the Rays are obviously going to be the team that I want to keep an eye on and make sure that we can succeed if when we, when we do meet them in the playoffs. I believe after today's game, the Yankees only have one, two, three, four, five, six total games left. So, the regular season is coming to an end really, really, really soon, and it's just a matter of... Who out of these 16 teams is going to be able to hoist up that World Series trophy, man? I really hope that our uh, our success this late in the season is going to carry in. And uh, I hope we can continue to do what we're doing because whew, I would think that the Yankees are postseason ready with the last 11 games going 10-1. and one. So I, I'm pretty happy. Speaking of recent records, uh, Anthony Davis, as of last night, just went in full Mamba mode. As Frank Vogel said, the head coach of the Lakers, he went out there and hit a three-point shot to send the Lakers into a 2-0 leading series, or a 2-0 series leading win. Uh, He hit the three, I believe. It was supposed to be over Mason Plumlee, but... um, Mason played no defense. Uh, he was substituted, or should I say, Jeremy Grant was substituted in to play defense on Braun, and then Mason Plumley was subbed in as well. And then I, I have no idea what happened. I mean, Anthony Davis ran across the court over the wing, and he ended up catching the ball at the wing. And Mason Plumley ran into the screen, and he asked Jeremy Grant to switch. After you can see in the replay, Jeremy says, "I got Braun." Mason made or Mason, which Plumley was it? Whichever Plumley brother it was. He made no effort to get over the screen, and Anthony Davis had a literal wide open look, and he hit the shot to put the to to, to win the game one hundred four one hundred two, or whatever that was one hundred four one hundred three. The Lakers are looking very dominant. Uh, that game actually went a lot closer than I thought. You know, with it coming down to the final seconds, but I think that a, a game like that is what the Lakers needed to remind them, like they can't cruise their way through it. And I think that they're going to end up going and and winning that series. I still think Denver finds a way to sneak one or two, but. If they continue to play the way that they're playing, man, I don't know, man. The Lakers might even sweep because AD, 
Braun, them boys are just playing on a whole different spectrum of basketball right now. Uh, on the opposite side of the coast, or should I say the opposite side of the NBA, in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics actually came back and they won Game 3, and the, the Heat are still up 2-1. to one. That game was on Wednesday. Uh, with Gordon Hayward coming back and whatnot, I think that that is going to help them spark that. I Again, I do hope that series goes 7, but I believe that the Heat pulled that one out, whether in 6 or 7. Um, actually, after the Heat lost, or should I say after the Celtics lost Game 2, there was massive turmoil rumored to be in the locker room. Uh, multiple reports said that they heard Marcus Smart screaming, throwing things, throwing kind of a fit. Uh, Brad Stevens held a team meeting later that night in which Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Gordon Haywood, and select few members of that Boston Celtics team met. Uh, there was confirmed shouting and arguing, but Brad Stevens claims that the team is okay and that everybody's on the same page. I would assume that that transcended into the next game because Game 3 of the Celtics ended up winning by 11. So we'll see what happens, man. The NBA, at this point, it's not exactly boring. But it was just so much more exciting when all the playoff games were happening in the same day. And, you know, that we had like three or four games lined up. But now with all these games being spaced out because these players needed to rest, which thankfully is very necessary because there was a point where the Nuggets were playing almost every single day because of all their series going seven. So it's good to know that, you know, the NBA is finding a way to space that out because these players, like I said, are human too. Like the NFL, it takes... One bad step, one miscue for you to end up tearing something in the season being over for you. So, I mean, shout out to, what is it, Adam Silver for doing what he's doing to make sure that his league is maintained and safe and in order because who the hell knows what's going to happen going down the stretch with the NBA too, man. I just I just hope these players stay healthy too. Uh, I know last week I also mentioned the Sony reveal of their price. It came out the next day. Uh, to clarify... <laughs> Dawson and I don't know how to do math. It was, in fact, 1 p.m. Pacific, but that's three hours behind. It was our 4 p.m. Eastern time that the report came out or that the uh, the conference came out. So Sony is releasing, in fact, the two models like they had already previously stated, a disc version and a digital version. Again, the only difference being the disc version can play discs and CD-ROMs and, you know, the digital edition is just going to be all downloaded games. Uh, the prices came out. The PS5 um, disc edition will be 4.99, and then the digital edition will be 3.99. Sony, here, here's 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 my problem, right? Here's here's my biggest issue, my frustration. Well, I'm actually not frustrated anymore because of the news that I got today. But Sony said that pre-orders will not be chaotic. Sony swore up and down before they released the prices that pre-orders would be relatively simple in terms of organized and a lot better than the PS4s were. So they said pre-orders will begin the next day. You know, 24 hours after they said the conference, which was that Wednesday, they said pre-orders would begin Thursday, right? No, that's not what fucking happened. Because you know what happened? Target, Walmart, Best Buy, Amazon, everybody and their goddamn mother had a fucking pre-order by 7 p.m. And all the systems were pre-ordered, sold out, or all the, all, all the pre-orders were sold out before 8 p.m. It was ridiculous. It was a shit show. I don't know what happened. I don't know who leaked it. I don't know how these things became available when Sony specifically said they will be available Thursday. But they ended up coming out the night before. Freaking all the websites crashed. I mean, like, Walmart was frozen. GameStop was frozen. Amazon. I I don't know if I would have pre-ordered on Amazon personally myself. I just don't trust ordering a console off of Amazon. Who the hell knows what people do with that? Because remember, people have to order it, and it goes to a person, and who knows what that person does with that system to sell it to you. I 
I'm paranoid. I don't trust nobody. I'd rather have a system or not have a system from a trusted retail store like a Best Buy, a Target, or a GameStop. Anyway, I ain't get one. It is what it is. I had agreed along with my boy Jared. Shout out to Jared. Um, we were going to wait for an exclusive console release, for a different colorway to release, for, for something to come out. We didn't want the generic first model because obviously everybody knows that the first model usually has the kinks, the issues, the bugs that they got to get worked out and whatnot. So um, I ended up almost having one fall into my lap. Uh, I ended up going through and trying to pre-order one because I almost caved. And I put it in my cart in Best Buy and I sat back and I said, yo, I don't think I could do this. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I want to drop 500 right this second on something that I might regret later. So I didn't. But then as the day went on, you know, as the night went on, it, midnight hit and that restock button came out. And then, you know, we got notifications that more pre-orders were available. So, of course, I was just trying to put it in my cart. Um, a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Gabby. Uh, she wanted a PS5 so, 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 so bad. And at this point, I was trying to help her get it. So I was trying to find it and trying to figure out if I could pre-order it for her. None of us could get it. Skip over to Thursday. Everything was still sold out. Later in the day, Sam's Club, which is equivalent to a Costco's down here for my northern listeners. Sam's Club, um, they had a pre-order. I almost had it twice. I went to swipe my card. The app crashed. The Samsung app and the Samsung Sam's Club app and Sam's Club fucking website crashed. Gabby ended up getting it. I sent her the link. She was one of the lucky ones that just continued to hit checkout until it refreshed like a Jordan release on a Saturday morning. She got her system, so she was good to go. And at that point, I had accepted the L that I had mentally and physically took and said, you know what? It is what it is. Fuck it. I'm just going to get it when it comes out. Today, I got a notification, of course, to the magical app that I love and, and you know, cherish Twitter. Said that Sony will be releasing a black console as well as limited edition consoles in the next coming months. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to release it for the holidays along with the white first generation. I don't know if they're going to release it in April, in March, in 2021, in 20. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like I've what I waited for, what I wanted actually came true. So there's going to be a different color console. I didn't want the white one. And I also just did not want a regular one. But if it comes down to it, if I have to have a black one, I'll, I'll have a black one. I would prefer a Miles Morales edition themed PlayStation 5 because I have Barbara here. I've named my my PS4, yes, because it is an Arkham Knight themed PlayStation that I waited outside of GameStop for three hours, put on pre-order, and also had to harass the store manager. Shout out to, oh my God, what's her name? Oh, her name is her name is Jackie. Shout out to Jackie if she ever hears this. I had to hound her on a daily basis to make sure that not only the system came in, but that I was still one of the three people to get it because I believe that the store over there in Gulf Coast Town Center only had three. I'm pretty sure I annoyed the living shit out of her. But I ended up getting it, and she's perfect. And by she, I mean the system because I did name her Barbara after Barbara Gordon because Barbara Gordon is a part of the Bat family. Anyway, uh, Sony really, 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 really pissed me off. I don't know if we can trust them. I don't know if Sony is going to be the move going forward just because of how chaotic that whole situation was. Um, obviously, Sony has better exclusives that interest me. But I mean, going forward, who the hell knows if I get an Xbox with the next console that gets released in the next decade or so. But I don't know, man. Sony really, really chapped my ass with that bullshit because 
the fact that they went and said up and down that they're not going to do what they did and then ended up doing it and breaking the internet the way that they did in terms of multiple apps and multiple websites shutting down and, and people going bonkers. And you know what else pisses me off, man? It's like I always talk about with a lot of my boys. Shout out to Ricky, Nick, and AJ again, uh, and Fred. A lot of people out here, and Marquez, that buy all these sneakers to just resell it. Resellers really chap my ass, man. Do you know how many people I saw that have bots or whatever it is that they have? And they pre-ordered 11 PlayStation 5s, 8 PlayStation 5s. You know, you see people retweet their carts or you see people post up their carts all over the internet. And you, you, you say, what do you need that for, man? Why must you fuck somebody up? Why, mu- why must you ruin a child or a man's dream? Everybody works for the most part. Everybody has aspirations and goals. And who knows? Maybe Billy wanted a PlayStation 5 for fucking Christmas, but he can't have it because your dumbass wants to fucking upcharge it and sell it for a grand. Fine, it's your side hustle. Cool. But, dude, what the fuck do you need 11 PlayStations for, my dude? Like, it it, 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 it really pissed me off to see some of that retweets and people being bragging about it and being excited about it. Like, yo, fuck you, bro. <laughs> Maybe I wanted one, which we all know I probably would have caved if the cart would have worked. But I didn't, thankfully. Point of the matter is, Sony did what they did. They went up apologizing two or three days after, saying we apologize for the way that it it, it, it was. It. Oh my fucking God. We apologize for the way it went down, but we will guarantee that restocks will be happening periodically throughout the rest of the year. So I'm hoping that people still have the opportunity to pre-order I also hope, excuse me, that people still have the opportunity to purchase the system when it does come out November 10th. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. I'm still going to get the PlayStation 5. (laughs) I still very much so want to play the Miles Morales game more than, yeah, more than than most people would probably comprehend. I don't know what I'm going to name it yet. I don't know if it's going to be a boy, a girl. I have no idea. If it's a Miles Morales game's PlayStation, I'll probably, nah, I still don't know what I'm going to name it. Plus, that Batman game's coming out in 2021. Y'all not ready, man. Y'all, y'all really not ready. I don't know if my girlfriend's ready because I'm not going to see her for a while. I don't know if I'm going to get the new Call of Duty either. I know I'm rambling here at this point, but I meant we're on the concept of video games. The alpha came out for Call of Duty Cold War. I didn't even get to play it. I was chilling with the wifey all weekend. So, I mean, like, it is what it is. I got to delete that off my stories now that I think about it. But, yeah, console-wise, Sony did what they did. Uh, football-wise, all the injuries happened the way that they happened. Uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs are actually still going on. I believe the Dallas Stars are up one to nothing on the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you leave it up to me, I'd rather say Dallas goes for it because I just I don't really fucking like the Lightning, and a lot of people in Florida like the Lightning, and you know me, always wanting to go against the grain. Uh, but I mean, speaking of the Lightning, I I guess maybe they can get a few games. I don't want them to win though. Speaking of the Lightning, uh, shout out to my boy Kyle DeBrow. Uh, he started his podcast today, or should I, yeah, today, his his first episode came out, it's called the uh, the Home Field Podcast, it's available on Anchor, Spotify, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, he's going to be doing pretty much, not the same thing I'm doing, but his is going to be more focused and centered around uh, sports, probably about 75 to 80% about sports, 20% to pop culture, I'm using the percentages he did, not me. Um, his first episode's about 30 minutes long. Give him a listen. I'd really appreciate it. The people that do genuinely come out, follow, and listen for their own amusement, not because I hound them to. Um, 
I really would appreciate that. Uh, shout out to Dawson for last week's episode. It got 34 views and 34 plays, whatever people want to call it. Um, I think it was a lot of fun. I had a great time doing it. Yes, it was two hours, uh, but it was a very, very, very fun episode to record, especially because Dawson and I are very similar to a certain extent of, of interests. I mean, we both love and play sports. We both love and play video games. So, I mean, like it kind of just worked back and forth. The questions were great. At the end of it, I really did appreciate those. Um, it is a little nice to have questions be asked to me, even though I am the host of this cast. But it's the point, you know, just a little bit of a switch up. Uh, oh, while I'm on the topic of Switch, for those of you that got the Mario 3D game for the Nintendo Switch, you're a genius and I love you. For those of you that didn't because you don't want it, you're ridiculously stupid. The fact that the original Mario from the 1990s, Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy are combined to be on this one game is insane. I have not stopped playing Mario Sunshine since I got it. And I mean literally since I got it because Isabel has had my Switch since her birthday, which is in April. It is fucking September. I know, I'm a, I'm a phenomenal boyfriend. She wanted to play Animal Crossing for the five months that she did. She went ape shit and she did it. I want my Switch back. I got some new Joy-Cons, so I'm definitely happy as a pig and shit. But the Mario game is phenomenal. Um, shout out to anybody that got it, like I said, because that game makes me feel like a kid again. That came out in 2002, guys. It's about to be 2021, almost 20 years ago. That shit is crazy. But, yes, that game is a boatload of fun. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend's brother, Jake. It was his birthday the other day. He turned 23. Shout out to my girl's cousin, Dom. He turned 15. Uh, my favorite number, uh, as everybody knows. Last time, I th- I'm pretty sure I told him the story. But yeah, when I turned 15, I was so excited. I was like, yo, it's going to be the greatest year of my life. And it wasn't. I ended up breaking a high school record for most attentions in a week. Maybe that'll be next week's episode. I don't know. Just... A lot of stupid decisions were made at that age, and yeah, I don't regret it, but yeah, no, it just, it was not a smart year, (laughs) so to speak, but yeah, man, shout out to everybody that does follow again and listens, shout out to all of those that follow and really give me the feedback. Uh, Next week, I am actually looking to do another episode over the weekend, Uh, so stay tuned. But we have episode 17 coming out, like I said, next week. And I believe my next episode, if I'm not mistaken, according to what I promised, what I said, is going to be about relationships. And I think that Isabel's going to be a guest. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, babe. Um, that is what I said. <laughs> I'm not trying to trip on my words, but I'm almost positive that's what we agreed upon. So, Yeah. That's the end of the episode, guys. I really appreciate you guys for coming, and stay tuned. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.
Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.